You're listening to audio from Living Grace Church in Tyler, Texas. To find out more about Living Grace, go to livinggracetexas.org. So this morning, we're continuing our series, Psalms of the Summer, and we're kind of looking at what the book of Psalms says about staying in tune with the Holy Spirit. And I know personally for me, it is so easy to get distracted Life is full of distractions, whether it's work or our home lives, family, friendships, relationships, school, even maybe social media, TV. Maybe it's following a football team that hasn't won a Super Bowl since 1996, but life is full of all these different distractions. Sometimes I get distracted and I distract myself from being distracted. That's how distracted of a person I am. The thing is, if we aren't careful, we can be distracted um, from what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. And it isn't necessarily that the Holy Spirit isn't working in our lives. The Holy Spirit is continually working in our lives. The thing is, sometimes we get so distracted by our daily lives, by our daily routine, that we are not aware of how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. And something that Pastor Kai said last week that really stood out to me um, it was when he said, sometimes we ask ourselves, how do we fit God into our life? How do I fit him into my day? How do I fit him into my timing? Rather than understand that the Holy Spirit is always moving, always working. So instead we should ask, how can I, instead of asking how can I fit him into my schedule, we should ask, how can I be in tune with the Spirit? And that's what we're going to look at today. So there are some people that are very in tune with the Spirit, uh, very in tune with the Holy Spirit, immediately recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit or the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in college, I had a professor that would call it the nudge. So he'd be like, I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he would say. But to be completely transparent, growing up was kind of frustrating for me when it came to this because I wasn't always sure if it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me or leading me or guiding me or if it was just my own thoughts, right? I, I had trouble discerning. And I think that the more that we read scripture, the more we understand who God is, the more we understand his character, the more or the easier it is to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead us to do anything anti-biblical. If there's anything that we're like, oh, is this from God? Is this what's leading me? And it's not in Scripture, or if it's against Scripture, it's not the Holy Spirit. That's a guarantee. So that's what I like about this series. That's what I love about living grace. I know we say this all the time, but everything we do or say here um, is based on Scripture. The Bible is our foundation. Scripture is what we base our lives on. Like I said, I love this series because it's a reminder of our need for God, a reminder of us being aware of the Holy Spirit working in us. So we're looking at Scripture, specifically Psalms, to understand who God is, how he works in our life, and how to be, again, in tune with the Holy Spirit. That was just my intro. It's been 30 minutes. We have two hours left. <laughs> but today's passage, I'm kidding. <laughs> but today's passage is found in Psalms 90. Um, and this is also known or titled, A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. So if you have your Bibles, if you can open up to Psalm 90, it'll also be uh, back here. There should be a Bible near you if you want to use that. Um, but let's read. It says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. 
You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. <clears throat> you sweep them away as with the flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, in the evening it withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all days pass away under your wrath, we bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Um, <clears throat> satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad in all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and let your glorious power to, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. There is a lot to unpack here. Uh, I think it's interesting. Moses starts off recognizing that the God we serve is eternal. In verse 1, it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place for all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you formed uh, the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And then it ends with Moses asking God to let his work be shown in us, his servants. Uh, so verse 17 says, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And I'm sure that there are probably different things that stuck out to us while we were reading. I know it's a lot. Um, and I'm sure that there's multiple sermons that we could find. But this morning, I'd like to focus on what's in between those two verses, the first and the last one, um, and to what I believe is the heart of this morning's message, which is verse 12 that says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So again, we're talking about staying in tune with the Holy Spirit. And I think uh, the way that sometimes we get out of tune with the Holy Spirit is by all of the distractions in our daily lives. But I think a way to get in tune with the Holy Spirit is when we realize that our time on this earth is very, very brief. You know, in this passage, it compares it to a sigh, like, that's it. That's the length of our lives. I know in today's society and the world we live in, we spend so much time living at such a fast pace, and it seems like an endless effort almost to, like, meet up with all the demands that are placed on us. Sometimes the simplest thing to do, the simplest way to live life is just kind of put our heads down and push through. And every now and then we lift our heads up from the middle of all this rush and all this chaos, and we ask ourselves, what am I working towards? What am I striving for? Is there a lasting purpose in what I'm doing? And again, we get caught in this endless cycle, and then society again, this world tells us that our worth and that our meaning will be found once we achieve a goal, once we get that career, once we get that promotion, once we achieve, you know, wealth, once people know our names, and we keep going and going until we are exhausted, perhaps we collapse, and then 
we ask ourselves, what is the use of everything? As soon as my memory fades, what will last? What will stay here as soon as I'm gone and everything that I've said or done is all gone? Again, verse 9 says, for all our days pass away under your wrath. You bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our lives are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. And to me, that's really interesting is after everything that Moses has done, after leading all these people and doing so much and like looking back after wandering through the wilderness, wandering through the desert, what does he learn or what is he asking for? Again, verse 12, he asks, so teach us to number our days. Why? So that we may get a heart of wisdom. And it's interesting to me, again, it says teach. It's not something natural, right? Numbering our days, realizing our time here on earth is limited, realizing that is not natural to us. I know nobody else here does this, probably just me, but I have been guilty of having the idea or having the point of view or the perspective that I have all the time in the world, that there's always gonna be a tomorrow, that I have times, time to do things that I probably should be doing. I'll have more time to pray in the future. I'll have more time to read even more of my Bible in the future. I'll have more time to read all these books that, that teach me to follow Jesus in the future. I'll learn more in the future. I'll serve more in the future. Reach out to that one friend or that family member in the future. But the fact of the matter is that our time is so limited. I was recently, recently reminded of my own mortality a couple weeks ago maybe. I was hiking the Grand Canyon. Um, and I got my hiking boots the day before I left. Uh, they were a size too small because Academy didn't have my size. And I was like, that's fine, I can do this. Um, I didn't take any water, like a backpack, the hydration pack. I had a, like half a water bottle. I was like, I'm fine, this isn't bad. So the morning, perfect, fine, walking on flat ground. I start going downhill. My shoes are too small. <laughs> I didn't break them in. And immediately my feet are killing me. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter, I'm gonna keep going. And there are signs, okay, so first of all, I knew this because I've had friends that have hiked the Grand Canyon. They're like, do not attempt to go from the top to the bottom because it's only, I think, 7.8 miles. In my mind, it's like, I can walk that, that's nothing. But they're like, yeah, on the way up, it's dangerous. So I knew that. Then you go and you go to the map that shows you the trail. Same thing, it says, do not attempt to do this in one day. People have died, like it's explicitly like in bold letters, like people have died, do not attempt this. And then still in my mind, I'm like, I've got this, I'm built different, that's them, I've got this. And then again, reminder, my shoes are a size too small. I was fine the whole morning, start walking downhill and every step, like just my toe is smashing into the front of my shoe and I am in pain. And at first it's not too obvious, but the further I go, I start to limp. <laughs> and it became very obvious. And then the whole time I'm just like, uh, 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 like trying not to complain, trying to make sure that nobody knows that I'm in pain. But it got to the point where like, it was very obvious. And then they were like, oh, we should turn around. I was like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm not a quitter, I got this. I was like, I have, I have that drive in me. I'm not gonna quit. So I keep going. And then I remember we passed like uh, this water like spigot and I'm like, should I get water? I was like, no, I have my half of a uh, water bottle. We keep going a few miles and it gets to the point where it's so unbearable that my adrenaline starts rushing 
and like I can't feel my feet anymore. But in my mind, I thought this is a good thing because I'm not in pain anymore. But then the adrenaline wears off and I am in such more pain, but also I'm so tired <laughs> because of the adrenaline. So then I was like, okay, we should go back up. That was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst. And then the point is, at that moment, I look up and I look at the canyon and see how far I've gone down. And I think to myself, I'm dehydrated. Like, my water's hot and there's hardly any of it, like, there. I can only go, like, 0.2 miles at a time without, like, or and have to rest, like, in between. It's like, I have two miles up before, like, the next water thing. And then I thought, what if I just passed out? <laughs> like, this would be it, like, looking at the canyon. And then I think, this would be it. Like, by the time medical assistance makes it, like, down here, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just thought about my own mortality, realized that I'm not immortal. I think if I was 25, I could have done it. If I was 25, I would have been, like, from the top to the bottom and then back up in, like, an hour but I'm not, I'm about to be 30, <laughs> so I'm feeling it. But the point is, life is so limited, life is so fragile. And James 14, uh, verse four says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So I think it's important for us to realize how short our lives are. And this isn't meant to scare us, right? We're not supposed to just like live in fear and think, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. It's supposed to show us where our priorities are. It's supposed to remind us of what is truly important. What are we holding most dear in our lives? All of these different things that take priority in our lives, all these things that become distractions are temporary. In the middle of this fast-paced life, in the middle of all the chaos, are we taking a time to pause, to really pause and take time to be aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? And if you grew up in church and you grew up going to youth camps, this sounds like the most typical youth camp sermon, like, the time is now, like, you know, the last night of camp and everybody's like, yeah, hyped up. But it's true. Well, the time is now and the time is at all times to follow God, to pursue him to get to know him more. Numbering our days will lead many ordinary people to take some extraordinary steps. If we realize how precious our time is and how tomorrow is not guaranteed, how life, like we just read, is a sigh, life is a vapor. If we do that, if we number our days, we're more likely to listen to the voice of God and take those extraordinary steps. Numbering, Numbering our days will maybe lead us to realize and expose just how trivial the things that take up all of our time are. And to make us feel the sense of urgency to do some good work, like uh, the scripture was saying, how Moses was saying. So perhaps now is the time to move forward in that one thing that we've always wanted to do. Maybe that one family member that doesn't know Jesus and we've been, you know, on the fence about saying, do I tell him, do I not, you know. I feel like now is the time to do that because, again, tomorrow is not guaranteed. I think sometimes we notice the Holy Spirit working in our lives when we are forced to pause, when something goes terribly wrong and a loved one is either in the hospital or is sick or passes away, and then we take this moment because life is forced to come to us to a halt. And then that's when I've experienced the Holy Spirit give me strength, the Holy Spirit give me comfort. 
maybe sometimes we realize how blessed we are on the opposite side of that. And, like, we're like, man, God is really working in my life. God's doing so many great things. And then we experience or we uh, are more aware of the Holy Spirit working. But the thing is, even in the most mundane daily routine, in the middle of our daily grind, when we're just maybe on autopilot going through life, not really thinking about stuff, the Holy Spirit is still working in us. Verse 1 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Our God is eternal. Are we setting our sights on eternal things? Are we aware of how we are living our lives, spending our time? Are we building something here on this earth that is temporary? Or are we building something in our heavenly home? And then it's so cool to me that Moses ends his reflections um, on this life, on how temporary life is with this prayer. Verse 17, he says, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. He repeats that. And I think that's really cool. Only God can take this fragile, transient life that we live and make it bear fruit that lasts for eternity. It's only through God. We can do so many things. We can do so many things so our name becomes known. We can try to help so many people. But if it's not through God, it doesn't have eternal consequences. Outside of the Lord, our biggest works, the, everything that we can do fades. You know, there's been entire civilizations, empires, monuments. You know, everything has faded away. Careers, bank accounts, reputations, our legacy, our families will vanish in time. But the Lord says that no labor is in vain. Our lives are brief. Maybe our reputation, nobody knows our name. But if we devote our, our days to living in the name of Jesus Christ and giving thanks to the Father through him, then God will establish the work of our hands. Again, it is God who establishes the work of our hands. So our days are numbered. Eternity is coming. And the only labor, the only thing that matters is the labor in the Lord. Life is too short. Eternity is too long to not throw us, to not throw ourselves completely into the work of Christ. To not do everything to glorify Christ. Life is too short and eternity too long to not be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Life is too short and eternity too long to waste these ordinary moments in life. Numbering our days will not only lead us uh, as ordinary people to make these big extraordinary steps, but it will also lead us to take these ordinary moments, these everyday moments, and use them or for God to use them in an extraordinary way. Because I know sometimes we think about our labor, working for the kingdom, or living for the kingdom, and we think of like missionaries or these big events and these big things that we're doing. But let's read in Matthew 10, 42. It says this. Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Again, sometimes we think that it's only the big things that we do in our lives that have eternal rewards or consequences. But small acts of kindness, of service that fall in line with the calling of God that he has, that he has given to us. 
everything that we do, if it's dedicated to God, he will work through that. <clears throat> Whether it's maybe catching up with a friend that maybe isn't doing too well, you know, seeing how their lives are going, or we keep up with the people in our lives, maybe uh, church members that are sick, you know, maybe we pray for our children, or y'all's children, I don't know kids. We pray for our children before bed. We encourage someone. Even the smallest deed done in the Lord can have a lasting impression. God is the one establishing the work of our hands. He takes, again, this transient life, this fickle life, and creates something that can have an eternal effect. And that begins with living today in the light of eternity. That begins with us being aware that our life is transient, that it's not forever. I know this sounds like I'm coming to a conclusion, but I'm not, I'm not halfway done. <laughs> I just slowed down my voice because I'm thirsty. <laughs> so realizing that our days are numbered is not only pursuing God, it's not only obeying God, but it's finding satisfaction in God. So verse 14, Psalm 90 verse 14 says, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad in our days. If we are satisfied by God, if we are aware of his immense love for us, if we are aware of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we can rejoice and be glad in all our days. If we are aware on a daily basis that we were dead in our sins, that we were so far away from God that we deserve death, and the consequences of our sin. But Jesus, Jesus intervened and he is interceding on our behalf and the Holy Spirit is working in our lives on a daily basis. If we are aware of that, we have hope and we are able to rejoice and be glad in all our days because that's something we're constantly meditating on. Life already moves fast enough without all of these distractions. Um, I remember whenever I was a kid, I'd be maybe grocery shopping with my mom and we'd always run into someone we knew. And usually it was like some lady, I don't know, from church or whatever. And then she'd be like, oh, do you remember me? Like, I remember when you were this big. And I'd think like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I remember when you were this big. And like, do you remember me? It's like, ma'am, I was an infant. Like, how am I going to remember like seeing someone like years ago? But... My nephew graduated from high school a month ago, around a month ago, and I was that person. <laughs> I was that person because whenever I was in high school, I would work with the children's ministry and, like, help with VBS. We have VBS coming up uh, July 23rd to 26th, 6.30 to 8.30. You're welcome, Pastor Jim. <laughs> but I would work at VBS and, like, had all these little kids, and in my mind, they're still five years old, but then I see them, like, 17, 18 years old graduating, and it was crazy because it, I was a person, like, man, I remember when you were this little, like, you're so big now, and blah, 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 but time passes by so fast. You're all in with this. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you could miss it. That's not a quote from a famous writer. That's not a quote from a famous theologian. That's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> so I'll actually end with this, with a real writer, with a real man of God, and something way more impactful than a movie from the 80s, which is pretty good, but it's not what we're talking about. <laughs> it says this. So Tim Keller has a quote that uh, I really like. He says, 
you are more sinful than you could dare imagine, and you are more loved and accepted than you could ever dare to hope. That's what I see here is God's love for us. As we read, he's an infinite God. You know, he was there before the mountains were made. But like that God that created everything cares so much about you and I. Whose time, our time on earth is so limited. My life matters so much to an infinite God that he sent his son to die for my sins. That he cares about something seemingly insignificant like my problems. You know, in the light of eternity, what does my health matter, right? In the light of eternity, what does me getting a new career opportunity matter? Why should God care about that when we compare, like, there are billions of people on earth, you know, right now, and we, if we think of humanity as a whole throughout thousands and thousands and thousands of years, you know, what does my problem, why should it matter to God? It doesn't make sense, but it does. It does, and we're able to pray to him. We're able to reach out for him, or to him and ask for help, ask for guidance. He cares about us. This eternal God cares about these beings who are limited here on earth. Again, this isn't to scare us. It isn't to, for us to constantly live in fear of dying. It's to remind us to set aside the things in our life that distract us. These things that we tend to prioritize are just temporary. That's the reminder. And to recenter our hearts, recenter our sights on God. Again, one last time, verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad in all our days. Numbering our days starts with numbering today. Numbering our days starts with numbering this day. You know, this day is, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. But this day is unrepeatable. You know, what we do today, these 24 hours, that's it. We don't get to relive them. The, today is filled with opportunities to labor in the Lord. We haven't gained a heart of wisdom until we are aware that eternity starts in the present. For some reason, I, <laughs> I've had the mindset that eternity starts years from now, but eternity starts in the present where we are now. And in turn, until we learn to live today in the light of eternity, it doesn't matter what kind of work we do. <clears throat> Whether it's radical or ordinary, pleasant or unpleasant, what matters is that the work that we do, we do in the Lord. And if we do like this passage says, then God himself will establish our work. You know, he'll establish the work with our frail, dying, transient hands. He will establish our work. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to today's sermon. We hope this helps you on your journey to glorify God by enjoying him and making disciples who make disciples.